A written transcript of this episode is provided by Starburst. For more information, you can see the show notes. Welcome to Data Mesh Radio with your host, Scott Hurlman, sponsored by Starburst. This is Adrian Estala, VP and Field CDO at Starburst and host of Data Mesh TV. Starburst is the leading contributor to Trino, the open source project, and the Data Mesh for Dummies book that I co-wrote with Colleen Tarto and Andy Mott. To claim your free book, head over to starburst.io. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Hurlman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes. I've now left Data Stacks, you know, thanks for all their help in founding things, but I've left to start Data Mesh Understanding, which is also helping practitioners to get to the information needed to do Data Mesh well. We have free implementer introduction and roundtable programs, in addition to the more advanced yet affordable offerings. So please do get in touch if you're looking for more information on how to do, how to approach Data Mesh. Just check datameshunderstanding.com for more info. There's also a helpful organization of past Data Mesh radio episodes there if you want to dig into specific topics rather than digging through 200 different episodes. So with that, let's hit the funky intro music and listen to what you'll hear about in this interview episode. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Moshkan Tavakolifard, Data and AI Lead for the Nordics at Accenture. To be clear, she was only representing her own views in this episode. Before we jump in, most of the conversation was about external data marketplaces rather than internal data marketplaces within an organization. We've been talking a lot of times about um, in past episodes about setting up a data marketplace internally. And I think we haven't really covered nearly as much about external data marketplaces. It's also important to note that data marketplace technology and implementations, at least kind of <laughs> in where uh, the kind of new generation, the where we need to go with things are still in relatively early stages. It's quickly evolving and maturing. Yes, people have been selling data for a long time, it has been, you know, selling PDFs and things like that, and maybe CSVs of data. Um, so some key takeaways or thoughts from Mojgan's point of view. Number one, data marketplaces, internal and external marketplaces here, significantly lower the ball bar to data consumption because of standard metadata and user experiences. You should be able to easily see quality metrics, who owns a data product, access documentation, etc. Number two, data marketplaces, when done right, significantly lower the time to value realization for both data producers and consumers slash purchasers. And standard quality measurements and metadata make it easy for consumers to understand how much they can trust data to make purchasing decisions easier. Number three, 
practices and tools are emerging for tracking data quality all the way up to the source to increase the trust data consumers and purchasers can put on data, especially for data marketplaces. Number four, for external data marketplaces, trust and security are still major pain points. How can data producers trust consumers will protect the data they acquire and use it legally and ethically? What is their risk to consumers behaving improperly? You know, can we even just eliminate that with contract risk? I don't know that we can. Number five, and a controversial one, Mojgan believes smart contracts and blockchain slash distributed ledgers can provide for compliant use by others purchasing data. Some marketplaces are already doing this. I'm pretty skeptical of anything blockchain related. Just putting that out there, it's just my own opinion on that. Number six, for data producers, they also want better ways to ensure data consumers and purchasers are only using data in, a, in an agreed way so they can charge for any additional use cases. Sarita Baxt talked about this a little bit in her episode. So they will be heavily incentive to work with the marketplaces that have tracking mechanisms in place. So I think those or those marketplaces that have those tracking mechanisms will attract more um, more data producers, which will then attract more data consumers. <laughs> Number seven, quote unquote, data ethics is a nightmare. Even before we think about data marketplaces, and that's not just data bias. You know, there, I, I released something on data ethics as well uh, recently because I think we really need to think about ethics, and it's not just bias. Number eight. We can use a number of the techniques and guardrails used to ensure ethics around bias in AI, and we can use those to apply to data marketplace ethics around bias as well. Number nine, in a data marketplace, ethics falls much more on data producers than most people realize or expect. You should not sell data that can be misused. One way to prevent misuse is to sell insights instead of the data itself. Mariana Heborn in the you know, last episode, 153, kind of touched on a few of these similar things about what can we expect from producers and consumers, but that's more internal, that the consumers have to be like, we're going to use this ethically. What can data producers actually do to protect themselves? It's harder in a marketplace situation. Number 10, look to focus much more on the business returns of data work. Far too much is focused on the value generated without looking at the costs. What is the return on investment? Finally, number 11, it's crucial to see organizations as living, breathing ecosystems. Design your organization and ways of working to be able to adapt. Far too many people don't do that. Okay, enough of just me. Let's hear from our awesome guest in this interview episode. Very, very excited for today's episode. I've got Mojgan Tavakolifard uh, here, who uh, is the data and AI lead for the Nordics at Accenture, 
But to be clear, she is here only representing her own views and, and herself. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but um, a big one is going to be kind of around data marketplaces and, you know, internal, external, what are some ethics around that? What are the, the legal, like, how can we make this actually good for people exchanging information and that it doesn't have to be necessarily exact monetary exchange where you're just packaging it up and selling it versus like working together to collaboratively collaboratively <laughs> drive value together um, and kind of the, the general concept of creating a living, breathing data ecosystem that we was too much in data. We thought about getting something to production and then it is in production versus how do we allow that to continue to evolve? And, you know, I think that's such an important point to make and to, to really dive into about not just we need to do it, but like a little bit about the how. <laughs> how can we start to to theorize how to do that, if not even um, some specifics? So with that, uh, before we jump into uh, the, the conversation, uh, Mojgan, if you could give people a bit of uh, background on yourself, and then we can jump into the conversation at hand. Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. Thank you, Scott, for having me here. Um, so uh, about my background, um, I started as a data scientist. My background is kind of like a mix of, you know, being an academic researcher. Then, you know, uh, as an entrepreneur, I started two companies and I work in, you know, small and bigger organizations to build the data analytics teams and, you know, to help uh, organizations to go through data-driven transformation. Basically, this is kind of like, you know, uh, a mix of everything, but at the end of the day, um, as I usually say, you know, um, I consider myself as a, a data scientist by heart. And it's it's funny. I, I think like it's almost fifty fifty of the guests who have the pure data background versus kind of the mixed. And I think you've got that kind of mixed because you have the entrepreneur stuff, but that you are still like a data person underneath it all. And so I think that perspective about um, what can we actually be done with data, but also like, what is the point of this? It's not the data isn't the point. The data is the thing that that can drive the value, but it isn't the value in and of itself. Well, unless you are directly selling it, then it kind of is. <laughs> um, so with that as kind of uh, a transition point, why don't we talk about kind of the, the general concepts that you're seeing around where data marketplaces have evolved and where they still need to go. So let's, let's start with kind of what most people think of as, as these external marketplaces. And how do we think about creating things that are more easy to consume, but that we also don't get into the kind of Facebook um, thing of, of basically unethically connect, collecting as much data as possible to package and sell to everyone else? Yeah, that's a very good question. So uh, it, it actually goes back a couple of years, you know, my experience uh, and introduction to data marketplaces. Um, I, I started um, in media and advertising. And uh, then, you know, 
it, it made a lot of sense to share data um, and personal data for the sake of you know better personalization, better um, services, and you know building better products for for the end users. And then um, when I started working um, in utility and energy sector, again the same story that uh, we, we saw a lot of um, you know advantages and benefits of sharing data. But uh, you can look, you can look at, look at it from you know internal and external perspective. Um, even within one organization, data is still a challenge. Uh, with all the advancement we have had, you know, with technology, with all the disruption we have had, I often, as a consultant, I offer here that we don't have data or we don't have good enough quality data. So a marketplace is basically a platform, you know, for selling and buying. Um, and with, with the concept of data mesh, um, data, data marketplace is basically, a, I would say, a core uh, component of a data mesh setup. Then it becomes uh, even more important, you know, to, to realize uh, this concept, this, uh, you know, setup within an organization so that, uh, you know, domains, they can share data and they can, you know, everybody can get access to data, uh, which is high quality, which is, uh, which they can trust and they can, they can use it, you know, without spending so much time on getting access to data or, you know, preparing this data. So that's that's one aspect. Um, how within organization you can basically commoditize data uh, to everyone to to create business value and even go further that um, further than that uh, to gain you know um, financial uh, benefit from data by itself. So uh, the need to you know exchange data with outside of the organization. To, to share data with other companies or, you know, to um, get data from external environment within an organization also um, is an important aspect for realizing the concept of data marketplace. So I, I, I would say um, here, you know, you can really, you know, think in terms of um, in this marketplace, the seller or buyer could be, you know, individuals or they, they could be like organizations and it could be just, you know, limited to, to one organization or it could be among, you know, organizations in a sector or even, you know, in, in, a, in a geography area in a country. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a fascinating concept. Um, one of my startups actually was about uh, building data marketplace for personal data to give the power of, you know, your data back to you so that you can, you know, share your data and even, you know, sell your data on your own term, uh, which, which is not happening as of today. Um, as of today, you know, at most we can, you know, give our consent or, you know, take away our consent for sharing data, but we are not directly paid, you know, for our data, which is a multi-billion industry, uh, basically. So that, that was one of the startups. And um, this is an idea I still following up. And, you know, I, I'm with, with all the advancement you know, in, the, in the technology and in the market, I see that this is more and more coming together from legal perspective, from regulatory perspective. And also, you know, now we, we have had quite a success implementing the concept of data mesh um, with some companies. So, so more and more, I feel like we're getting closer to that. And 
One question I would have. So Jarko Moylanin's episode, he was talking about there's kind of three things of, of data. There's three layers around um, just using it internally. There's kind of these collaborative data sharing where it's not exactly monetary exchange. And then there's packaging for selling. And I personally think that the packaging for selling, you know, outside of even the, the ethical concerns, I think that will actually be that's where people think there's going to be a ton of value. And I think that more and more regulations will really, really hamper that, at least outside of the U.S., where the U.S., you know, outside of California has very, very bad legal protections. But, you know, other countries are sensible in their <laughs> legal protections and not having everybody just be able to collect as much information as they want and, and things like that. So I kind of personally see that the sharing is going to be where the most value is created between organizations when we think about external. You know, I think internal is probably going to be the biggest value driver, but when we think about external sharing versus um, just selling, where, we, we talked about this a little bit, but like, where do you think we need to go from an industry to actually start to enable that better. Because it seems like every time you go to do that, it's a very manual setup. It's very difficult to, you know, I mean, I'm not even talking about legal agreements, right? But I'm talking about even how do we agree on formats and how do we agree on what does this mean versus that and quality and, and information exchange and things like that. Um, where do you think the biggest challenges there are for, and, and where do you think the big, like maybe let, let's start with the biggest technical challenges and then we can get into market challenges and market opportunities. But let's start with where do you think the biggest technical challenges to doing that are right now? Well, um, I think the biggest challenge is trust and security. And uh, these to some degrees have been um kind of handled by emergence of blockchains, you know, with the smart contracts and distributed ledger, um, that is kind of taken care of. I, I wouldn't say completely. Um, there, there are still like some legal and ethical challenges. You know, simply we don't have a legal framework for data marketplaces yet. Although um, in EU, there's a lot happening and there's a lot being developed, but we are not still there. And, you know, uh, how to how to price data, how to, you know, attach a price tag to data sources, um, because, you know, before you use the data for a purpose, you wouldn't know, you know, the, the value of that data. So there, there are challenges like this. Um, but I, as I said, blockchain is a main enabler in data marketplaces, which basically creates a, a, an ecosystem that buyer and sellers, they don't need to trust each other and they don't even need to trust the marketplace. So, so that's a very good thing. That's very positive. Uh, but the, you, you are completely right. Quality of the data, because here we're talking about data as a product. And that means that, you know, this is a high quality data uh, which, which is rich in terms of metadata and it comes with a ser service level, uh, you know, um, agreement. Uh, so um, it is often underestimated, you know, how much work and how much investment is to create quality data. 
So that's also one of the challenges with data marketplaces. But also I would say, um, yeah, um, apart from these, you know, challenges, you know, that, for example, um, we need to make sure that data is used for, for the purpose that's being sold. Uh, it's not used, you know, for other purposes, or for example, the buyer of data, um, you know, they don't lose the data, you know, somebody steal from them, you know, there, there are challenges like this, but again, uh, blockchain solves most of these challenges to, 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 uh, to them, to the great degrees. Uh, but it's, you know, yeah, please. Are you actually seeing blockchain being used? Because I, I, I hear this argument a lot. And I've literally not talked to a single person. I've talked to so many people who say that blockchain should be used, and and you know I have my doubts around it, especially like if it's a if it's a private blockchain, sure I, I, that doesn't bother me. But if you're like trying to put it on like Ethereum or something like that, and it's like the cost and the complications, and then I don't know if you saw the whole thing about like Solara, where there was one person who had enough of the blockchain that. That or enough of the the credits or whatever that they were then restricted by selling because the exchange said if this person decides to sell it will destroy all value it will create all these issues and so the person was like yeah yeah okay but literally the whole point is to to, to not have things like that decentralization so are you seeing blockchain actually being used and and is it that kind of private blockchain or is there something where people are are using like a Hedera or something where it's just more of a distributed ledger or something like that? Well, um, in my opinion, yes. Uh, and in my opinion, we can't re realize data marketplaces without blockchain. Uh, otherwise, you know, we, the, the notion of trust and security, the, the challenges with trust and se security remains unsolved. Uh, but definitely, I follow um, your reasoning and thinking, and um, there is still some work to be done uh, to, to get there. But um, as of today, where we stand today, uh, we have very good example and application of uh, blockchain, for example, in sustainability, that uh, which is quite reliable. So, um, so it depends, you know, for what which, which purpose we want to use it. Um, uh, but. Uh, regardless of that, we cannot realize data marketplaces without blockchain. Otherwise, you know, we cannot scale it up. Uh, you know, to and you are to the point here, Scott, that the, there is a huge, tremendous value in data, which is unrealized because of because we don't have data marketplaces. Basically, we're talking about three point six trillion dollars. Uh, value of data uh, that's um, estimated by 2030 being exchanged in data marketplaces according to Gartner. So, uh, so the value we're seeing, you know, companies using data to um, have a, you know, to have create some benefits in their businesses, have better operations or new business models. That value is um, not comparable with the value we can get from exchanging data. And you know the the use cases and application of uh, that. And are you seeing that as the direct monetary exchange, or are you seeing this as the collaborative like agreements between? Like, do you think that both of them need to go through a marketplace versus a um, 
or maybe even like a, I think Snowflake is creating data clean rooms and things like that, where you can have um, a simple way where, where both people can kind of merge their data, but you know, they're still simple in, in certain terms, but very not simple in many other ways. But um, when people think about actually exchanging data for collaborative value creation, instead of literal dollars of selling it to each other, do you still think that you need something like blockchain or is, is that is that blockchain for the trust of what quality of data it is, or is it the blockchain for trusting how that they actually use it relative to what you they said they would do, or like how, what what part does that play? Because to me, it's like if you're in a in a partnership agreement with somebody, um, you, you should be able to at least trust the the quality of the data they're bringing in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. Well, when we were talk- when we we're talking about data marketplaces, you know, within one company, it's not necessary that you know um, we assign monetary value to data because it is more like treating data as a product, and it is more about you know this self-service platform that you can discover data and you can, you know, get a lot of information around data about the quality, you know, how to use data, etc. So, so, so this, this is still a marketplace, but more about, you know, um, discoverability of data and, you know, treating data as a product. But when you're um, exchanging data, you know, with other companies, other organizations in um, outside, then it's important, you know, then, then this trust and security aspects are important because then you want to make sure that data is high quality and dependable. You want to make sure that the supply for the data is uh, is not um, broken or it doesn't you know break uh, during the process you want to make sure that data creates that value that you are actually buying uh, for and um, that the buyer of data you know doesn't you know um, lose access to data you know to someone else and um, also, the data is not used for the cases that are not allowed. So all of these um, different, you know, uh, challenges that they can be covered by blockchain. So when I talk about blockchain, it's about, you know, uh, that outside your organization, outside your company, you want to exchange data. But again, you know, doesn't have to be monetary. It can be that you, as you say, you know, we can exchange data for this sole purpose of collaboration. In the beginning, you mentioned the, the t- uh, tree cutting um, scenario, which is a very good example that uh, most grid operators, uh, they are they, they have maintenance on, you know, um, uh, grid and also like cutting treats to make sure that you know um, that doesn't cut out the wires but uh, this is not necessarily that they're like competing with each other like you know who's the best and faster in cutting trees <laughs> that, that is not like that so they have all of them they have the same problem same issue and uh, they, they need they need kind of the same solution so this is a very good example where they can start sharing data. You know, even not, not like just buying and selling data, but sharing data. So 
uh, together collaboratively, they have you know, all of them better data to, be, to build better predictive models, to have better predictive maintenance. So that's a very good example. Or um, I can think of, for example, weather forecasting, you know, like um, you can get access to sensors, for example, on oil rigs, you know, in the middle of ocean to come up with better uh, forecasting for, for weather, which is a huge problem as of now. Uh, and uh, anything, you know, uh, you know, longer than three days, we cannot rely at all. And that, you know, the application of this and the value of this is enormous. So, um, so all, all scenarios are um, basically valid when it comes to data marketplaces, but then it comes situations that uh, you need to build trust and security. And you want to make sure that, you know, the process is done the way it is agreed on then um, blockchain becomes an important element of that. But it's, it's not necessary, you know, if it's only for the sake of collaboration or if, you know, you want to democratize data within our organization. Yeah, and, and so I think that, I think I, I, I agree with you that there needs to be certain ways that that data is tracked, especially compliant use. It's, it's funny um, when you talk to banks, especially, and they're buying data from external sources. And it's like, if they buy it as a PDF, it costs one fifth as if they buy it as, through API access. And it's like, it costs them actually, it costs the producer far less to do it via API access, but they know that there's probably a better use case if they are actually doing it via that API that they're going to derive more value from it. But um, so like, uh, what, what, again, I'm, I don't mean to try and pin you down on this, but like, what what are people actually using for blockchain? Like, how are they integrating that in? Or is it something where you think that they that we need to go there and nobody's really doing it now? Because again, anytime I ask people about this, there's a lot of people who think that this is what we need to do because we need that distributed that third party, um, you know, trust uh, type of verification. But I, I'm not seeing it at all in production anywhere. So are you seeing it in production now? Or is it just something that you think needs to happen? Well, yes. <laughs> uh, in terms of, for example, uh, genome data, which is uh, very important data that you share, you know, for, 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 for example, for the sake of research. Um, uh, now, I don't have the name on top of my head, but there are actually data marketplaces for this sole purpose that they are um, utilizing blockchain to, to make sure, you know, that the transactions are happening in secure and trustworthy manner. So it, it is not like, you know, it is more than an idea. It is happening. We have uh, data marketplaces um, uh, as a solution. You know uh, that uh, you can you can get a head start with. They don't they don't necessarily come with blockchain because they are mainly built to to be used. You know within an organization uh, to share data in, and you know to together with data catalog, for example, to create the data mesh setup for a company. 
Um, so and it's not necessary to have blockchain, but we, we, we have like a few examples of data marketplaces already utilizing blockchain technology. Well, and I think it could be relatively interesting to consider that. And again, I, I think public blockchain stuff for this is just overkill. And so it might be something that that comes from this. I'm just always kind of uh, very skeptical of the crypto thing, just because I have a, a finance background in that. That means that, you know, uh, everything that looks like a scam ends up being one. At some point. <laughs> That's kind of how I fe- felt about the crypto side. I know I get a lot of flack for that. but. Um, that I think if you think about it in a highly regulated environment, it could be a way of tracking that downstream usage is to be like, hey, are you, you know, it's not just self-reporting. Hey, are you doing the right thing with my data? There is that, but it feels like internally that that they're creating the same um, mechanisms anyway in the platform or that they're just preventing those. Do you think that there's again, that, that's where I think like Snowflake is creating these data clean rooms where somebody can't exfiltrate the data no matter what, right? Where you say, we have a collaborative space. You bring your information into this. You do your, your um, manipulation and, and usage here. And then, you know, maybe there is some allowed exfiltration in certain cases, but most of the time that's already set versus then somebody having to integrate with their own systems to track all of the data usage downstream. And, and you know, um, you could always think about literally somebody just taking like uh, screenshots of the data and then it's still, you know, so it, it wasn't technically used via the something that could be tracked via the blockchain, but that that's just uploaded into something. So have you... Like when you're when you're looking at this, how much of it has to be that that trust has to be in somebody doing the right thing and in legal agreements versus how much trust do you think we'll need in the platform? Because I think at the end of the day, most people want to do the right thing, but there's a heck of a lot of bad actors and they're in a heck of a lot of places and so you kind of do want that or you want to at least be able to say we legally did this so we did our due diligence so if they do anything wrong it's entirely on them they they specifically skirted everything they could to do this like are you seeing that that the people want like when when people are are offering data up for sale are you seeing that the producers want this more or are you seeing that the the consumers say well we need to know that we have trust or is it kind of both ways or well, it is mostly the producers, right? Uh, because they uh, they selling data for a purpose, and then data should not be used for other purposes. Um, so, so that's kind of like one of the challenges with data marketplaces. But uh, fortunately, um, from technology point of view, uh, the privacy. Um, guardrails for data and you know the protection, privacy protections and pseudonymization, you know, um, techniques. They they're all evolving and be- becoming more and more advanced. It means that you know that you can basically make sure that you know the data that you are exchanging or selling, you know, for a purpose that will not be used for other purposes. You know, from technical point of view, but this is still you know in the very 
early stages. Uh, and, you know, so far, when it comes to privacy, um, it, it is mostly GDPR. It is more, mostly, you know, legal setup. But now, you know, from technology side, also we are, we are catching up. So um, I wouldn't say like... As of now, today, where we stand, you know, especially when it comes to personal data is very tricky. Um, it perhaps we're not yet there, you know, to kind of, you know, uh, safeguard this all the way end to end. But when it comes to like public data, let's say, you know, data from sensors from traffic light, for example, or like um, when it comes to industrial data, we are definitely there to start, you know, looking into data marketplaces. And um, I'm I'm, I'm so happy to say that actually where I am in Oslo, in Norway, um, it is being discussed in the government that, you know, how we can, you know, encourage this because we know that at some point and in a very near future, the value of data will surpass the value of oil. Uh, so being mindful about this and, you know, trying to, you know, um, ignite innovation in Norway, uh, it is already happening, these discussions that um, Nordic countries, they've been quite forefront, you know, in terms of sharing uh, data publicly, open data. Uh, they have been always, you know, uh, one of the most uh, and, you know, best providers uh, in the world. But now we are also taking this one step ahead. And not only public sector, you know, they should be sharing data uh, openly with each other, you know, for different purposes, but also in the industrial setup. In the private sector, it's becoming encouraged. So, so this is very good. Uh, this, this is very positive. Um, but again, you know, uh, this is different than you know me as a person, you know, sharing my personal data. And uh, this has been my dream to realize, you know, to create. Um, we are basically, you know, living in this world of attention economy that everybody is fighting for my attention. I have a TEDx talk about this as well. So, but, uh, you know, shifting this to the, to the intention economy that um, I want to, you know, put my intention for auction instead of my attention. And that helps basically to shift this, um, you know, uh, power balance between data producer and data consumer and give more, more power to us, to users. For that happen, we were still not there yet, you know, even, you know, even including blockchain and even GDPR and, you know, all, you know, the regulatory and, you know, technology called advancement we have had, we're, we still have some work to do, I would say. When you think about tracking and you think about the, like, uh, I'm sorry to keep coming back to this, but like trust into downstream usage. How do we think about embedding ethics? Not just the legal, you do you have the right to do this? But like, should you do this? How can we trust, like without the consumers of data then saying, you're, you're asking for too much information, you're asking for all, like, all of my proprietary information as to what I'm trying to do with the information that you're, you're sharing with me. How do we think about downstream ethical use, right? Because so much, like there's some ethics in, in AI stuff 
And I think there it's still not well developed enough at all. But there's, um, you know, most of the time it's, are we feeding the model the right thing? Not, should we do this? And I just don't see enough about like, when I think about data marketplaces, I think about just an ethics nightmare. I think about this being just such a bad, bad idea in a lot of ways, because I think of how every, you know, myself, I, I can see a little bit of information on somebody like I, I, uh, on LinkedIn, I could see, you know, a bunch of your likes, and then I can uh, zero in on what you might be able to, uh, or what you're focused on. And then I can, I can do that. Uh, You know, I could target you for a specific thing and somewhat that's, that's not, completely unethical, but it kind of is if I'm trying to do it to sell you or to try and get you bought in, especially, you know, like if it were a scam or some, for some reason like that, there's so much potential unethical use that, and you look at companies like Facebook and they, they clearly use things in very unethical ways. Like it's, it, anytime any leak about what they're doing, it's, it's horrible. And so, Um, how do I think about, especially an anonymous buyer of my data? Like, is it that those, those companies that are going to have ethical concerns are just not going to be able to participate in this. And so then they get left behind while all the the kind of baddies (laughs) go forward. Or how do you think about all of, I'm not asking you to give me all the answers, but like, how do you think about all how that all works? That's a very good question. Um, data ethics is already a nightmare without data marketplaces. (laughs) And I'm saying this as a data scientist. And why I'm saying this, you know, um, first of all, um, we data scientists, you know, we we do have um, a, a process, you know, to how, you know, prepare data, how to build models. But until very recently, uh, it's not been a concern, you know, like our data, you know, is biased towards a, you know, specific, you know, gender or ethnicity. So it's not, you know, embedded in our processes um, as a standard. So let's start there. And I want to make it even worse, this nightmare, by saying that it is not just, you know, about biasing data. It is about... um, not only, you know, like algorithms, how we model the data, even the way we present data, that can be unethical in some cases. So even, you know, your your data is okay, your algorithm is okay, but, you know, the dashboards you build, the colors you use could be in a way that you can create bias in, in a way which is not allowed, which is not ethical. So it is, it is a very big area when it comes to data and AI. And um, it's bigger than that, you know, just, you know, removing bias from data. Uh, first of all, we don't want to remove all bias from data because then we, you know, we can't change the data and, and we, we don't want to remove predictive power from data. <laughs> so yeah, so we, we don't, we can't do that. But there are some good techniques that, we can uh, use and approach. the good news is that there has been quite a lot of advancements. There has been quite um, programs, you know, at universities, innovation projects, and you know, 
and that there has been quite a lot of advancement in, with regards to creating an understanding of this, create awareness on this, and and then also like the you know technique uh, techniques and algorithms you know and uh, ap- approaches that you can do to deal with it, but. That has to be embedded within organizations wherever, you know, we use data, um, personal data especially, and um, in, in, the, in everything, you know, it should be a DNA. It should be ethics by design, not, you know, going searching for, you know, where um, ethics is in danger. You, you, you see my point, you know, AI and, you know, um, data-driven solutions without ethics is like cars without brakes. How fast you can go if you don't have a brake? So the operational model, the way of working, the governance and, you know, how to raise issues, how to, you know, step by step, you know, um, in, in your projects to check for, you know, ethical aspects, all this needs to be considered. So this is regardless of data marketplaces. Um, you are right that that can create a nightmare when in data marketplaces because this can be like creates problems, you know, in different magnitudes. Uh, but I would say the solution is not different, you know. The solution that we we create, you know, to guardrail ethics in AI uh, is the same as in data marketplaces. Uh, And uh, it should be embedded in the operational model for data data mesh. Uh, It should be embedded in way of working in, you know, in the governance, the federated governance. Uh, Data ethics should be part of that. It should be embedded in the organizations. So, so you're not saying for a second there. I thought you were you're going to finish before getting to the um, the people side. Like, so you're saying that we do need some technical assurance that things are are being ethically used. We need some technical guardrails, but so, especially internally, a lot of it is also ways of working. But when you have that external thing, that external sharing, you can't. Um, enforce uh, somebody else's ways of working. So we do probably need more maturing on that aspect for those guardrails for down downstream ethical use. Well, I'm, I'm talking about um, capabilities, you know, people, processes, data, and technology, um, about all of this, that um, you need to, it should be normal, you know, to have data ethicists in, in companies. And, uh, you know, the, the way of working should be, you know, we should embed it in the way of working from the time we start shaping an idea. We need to be mindful about the ethical challenges, uh, unconscious biases that can create, you know, all the way to creating a solution, putting it into operation. And in the particular case of data marketplaces, you know, the, the way we build data products, and it, it is, you know, like security, basically. We need to ensure, you know, the ethical um, creation and ethical use of uh, data products in data marketplaces. My point is that although it remains as a big challenge in data marketplaces, it is not specific to, you know, the solution neither is not specific to data marketplaces. So this is something we need to figure out anyway. We go without data marketplaces. That's my point. And and 
it sounds like you're saying that we're still working towards that because like if if I'm thinking about selling my data and I especially if it's anonymized selling right at a marketplace I don't know who my my purchaser is especially if you have that and you're not thinking about it as kind of because it starts to feel like data marketplaces are these dark web marketplaces right where where criminals <laughs> are selling data back and forth to each other and you don't know how somebody else is going to use this. So do you think in the long run that people will have to bring their internal data to into a clean room that is powered by the marketplace so that, that you can uh, ensure ethical use? Or do you think that there will be, you can uh, exfiltrate the data from the marketplace once you've purchased it and that there just has to be trust? Or do you think that there will be systems that will extend into that consumer and we just haven't really developed them very well? Because, I mean, I, I get it from a compliant use, right? Legal use, we have some of that, but it's very, very much harder to tell what are the ethics. And, you know, the definition of ethics is extremely squirrely, right? Like like I said, the, the people inside Facebook, their, their ethics their definition is a much lower bar than in a lot of the organizations that I'm talking to. And, you know, I'm not trying to throw everybody underneath there, but as an organization, you know, the uh, leadership team has proven to, to not care at all. So like there are, but there are organizations where people really, really do care and they care all the way up and down the stack. And so if they want to participate Either they get left behind because they're not willing to just share or to sell their data to the the highest bidder, or we need a way where they can ensure ethical use. Do you see a way of that? Is that 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 maybe the marketplaces are almost a pairing to then create the clean room thing where it's 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 not even necessarily here is exactly my package data, but here's a sampling of my package data, or here's the sampling. And then if you want something that's more specific, I need to ensure that you're doing ethical and compliant use. So then it, it begets a, um, a transactional or a, a less transactional nature of, of a more relationship nature. Yeah, that's a very good point. And it is definitely, you know, one way could be what you already mentioned, the data clean room. And um, when we're talking about, you know, data within organization, then, you know, um, as I said, you know, regardless of the marketplace, ethical aspects, you know, operational model governance and, you know, technical side of it, that has to be created. Uh, so, So that is regardless of marketplace. But when we're exchanging this data outside the organization, I believe myself that we're still not there yet, you know, to exchange, you know, like personal data, very sensitive data um, in in an open data marketplace. If it's not done on behalf of individuals, that that would be very complicated and difficult and not legal right now. So, um, so, so we're not talking about that. Um, but then. Um, uh, another, you know, um, another way of this could be not exchanging data as a product, but insight as a product, which is aggregated data, and um, 
you know, data which is anonymized and pseudonymized, pseudonymized, yeah. <laughs> that, no one knows how to say that one. No. <laughs> Pseudonymized. <laughs> yeah, that the one you said. <laughs> yeah, but you you get my point, right? So, um, so personal data is a very sensitive topic, and um, mostly within organization, we need to make sure. Uh, if you are sharing this as a data product, like say, let, let's say, you know, data assets look like customer 360, for example, then um, an ethical aspects has taken into account all the way from, you know, definition to implementation to operation. Uh, and um, in, 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 you know, uh, preparing data, collecting data, or like presenting data or creating insight, we're not creating any unethical aspect or, or you know any types of biases, con, con, uh, un, you know, uh, unconscious biases or conscious biases. Anyway, so so that is you know taken within organization, but outside organization, uh, I don't see it. That you know, maximum could be insight as a, as a product or insight as a service. I I kind of. I guess I, I had made an assumption that I, I think what you're saying is is incorrect. Is that when people are going to these data marketplaces, they're they're willing to sell pretty much any bit of data. But we the data marketplaces themselves need to kind of put some some blockers in place, and the sellers need to to be smart about well, this could be used unethically. Let's not. And and Marisa Fish's episode talked about this about. Um, when you're like, when you're sharing information, are you sharing data so somebody can develop their own insights? Are you sharing insights or are you sharing the insights and the, so what, right? Like, and it sounds like those insights might be the thing where, where there's the least friction and the lowest common denominator. And if you want to be sharing data, then that becomes more of a one-on-one agreement rather than I'm just going to package up a bunch of my users' data or, or in in certain cases, there's certain ways, there's lots of data that could just be packaged and sold, right? Like weather data, there's not anything that can really be used really unethically about weather data, right? It's it's not about anybody. It's not, you know, uh, specific unless somebody's got a doomsday machine or they're trying to do something like that. Then um, I, I don't think that there's there's that much, but that when we're talking about personal data, we probably can't encodify or, or you know encode anything or track it well enough to know that there is ethical use. So companies should know that, and it even if it is legal, right? In the U.S., it's very legal to share data in completely unethical ways. It's very legal to, to use it in very unethical ways because um, we just have bad protections outside of California. But um, it sounds like there needs to be some common sense rather than we can share everything to maximize our own value of our data. And we then also have to just hope that the ethics comes with it. But if we're unethical, then maybe we can get more money for it. But Fully agree, you know, as I said, ethics by design. Uh, 
Yeah. So uh, it, it should be, you know, from the very beginning to end. And um, I fully agree with what you say, Scott. Uh, definitely, this is um, where it is heading. That, I think that's great. Um, one, one thing that we were looking at talking about as well is, is these collaborative agreements, wh- whether those are through a marketplace or not, or how people think about that. But like collaborative sharing right now is still, especially for things where it's not like you were talking about the tree trimming example, right? When we were talking offline, it's very difficult because these organizations, they're not a, a utility that needs to trim trees so that it, they don't ruin their power lines. That's not their core business. So they don't necessarily have a very, there isn't an industry standard for this. There maybe should be, but like, how do we get towards those types of things where there can be very value add sharing? Or or you talk about the, the Norwegian government, you know, we've had the folks from NAV on, um, had uh, uh, Veronica Haderlein Hjogberg on, and um, she was formerly from the Norwegian government, and I think from the tax authority. And so um, there's a lot of these ways where sharing information with each other can be even for the greater human good and, and also for the greater the company good, but we don't know how to do it very well and especially how to evolve it and how to, how to get into these in low friction. Do you see that as more of a like technology problem or do you see that as more of a industry standards or a collaboration? Like what, where do you think, I mean, is it the answer is yes and we need all of it and none of it's really well developed or where do you think there's the biggest hole in getting to low friction collaboration around data? That's a very good question. And this takes us to to data mesh and knowledge graphs, I would say. So, uh, and ta- you know, taxonomies. Uh, as you say, um, the biggest challenge, um, you, you mentioned the tree cutting example. The biggest challenge is that the data is not coming in one format. Uh, it's not same standard. You know, it's so difficult to merge it and, you know, to, to create one data set out of this. So, um, there is, you know, definitely from technology point of view, we should um, look at, you know, knowledge graphs and taxonomies and, you know, creating standards, you know, everybody talking the same language, basically, if you, we want to share data. So that's one aspect. And also like data catalog, data lineage. So um, data governance, data quality check, you know, all these capabilities are required to to be able on the supply side of data. Now with data marketplace, we mostly talked about the, the demand side of data, how to discover data and how to get access to this and you know how to use it. But then there is a supply part of this, which is a whole different scenario, which you know the, what I mentioned in terms of data catalog, knowledge graph, and you know data factory, data supply chain, and the good news is that from technology point of view, we are there yeah, as of today. Um, 
there are so many companies they have developed this and it's, it's in operation in, in a scale uh, and it's industrialized. So techno- the t- technology is not a challenge. We have it. But when it comes, you know, to kind of data, you know, on the governmental level, then, you know, the government should be the, the main player here. The government should make the investment to create this mesh setup let's say, for example, for utilities in Norway or utilities together, they should, you know, invest collaboratively, you know, on creating this mesh setup to be able to create the supply part of um, data marketplaces as well. Um, I have been, I have had the pleasure myself, you know, to to work with this. Um, the, from technology point of view, this is definitely doable. It's about, you know, like who who's going to invest, who's going to, you know, be the main player here, who's going to facilitate this. It, so it's, it's capable to do this, but is it like cost effective, right? Like when you say the, the technologies are there, it's kind of like, um, you know, Jamak has, has talked about this where the way we think about data in this pipeline approach, it just, it's, it's kind of silly because it's like A, then B, then C, instead of here's what we need as the end thing. You don't have to to push this all, this can all happen. It's, it's like single threaded, right? You know, it's, it's single threaded of synchronous versus asynchronous and how asynchronous is so much uh, more powerful when you think about it from a computing perspective. Um, but that we don't have really the, technologies that are doing kind of a lot of this asynchronous um, data uh, curation, enrichment, uh, quality, all that stuff. Um, So I kind of see it as the same thing for, for this is that we, we can do it, but it's, it's expensive and there's not anything that's there. What do you think when we think about collaboration, like cross, is it that there just needs to be certain more standards? Is it that the the technology needs to improve to make this easier? Is it that we just need people to understand that it's not that difficult to collaborate on data and that it doesn't really matter? Okay, great. You've been tracking this in this one way. Uh, Okay. So you might not have all of your historical information, but you can have your historical insights and we'll just transition into this new way of of tracking this and it's not that big of a deal. You know, you talked about at the beginning, like living, breathing ecosystems, like there are so many of these collaborative opportunities, you know, especially nonprofit spaces and things like that. But it is so tough, not just because people don't know how much they can trust the data, but they don't know how we can get to a way where we can easily combine it. Is, have you found a way? Is it just like getting the people in the room and then getting someone who's a third party and just saying, you're saying it's six, you're saying it's half a dozen. It's the same thing. Like just <laughs> you're, you're definitely to a point here. Um, so, and I've, again, I would say to broaden this up and say that, the, the, yes, this is a challenge. Um, the, the cost of the, you know, the requirement for investment uh, in terms of the impact you get from it. But it is not limited to data marketplaces in any data-driven, you know, um, development or like any AI project I have been part of nowadays. 
this is a question and this is a concern. It was not a few years back. We did, we had this hype about AI data, you know, companies, they were just investing massively on, you know, building solutions, use cases. But then that we have passed that period. And many companies, there are very few companies that they managed to scale, create business value, and, you know, to, to really transform with data and AI. But the rest, they are still like, you know, in proof of concepts or like, you know, in trying to be industrialized with regards to data and AI. And data mesh and data marketplaces is no exception. So my suggestion is, uh, and I always, you know, talk to people that I work with that we need to treat this as a business case. So, uh, and, and you know, I, I, I told you that I have been entrepreneur and I worked with the startups. And I remember that for one startup, we needed to raise funding. Uh, and what we did that we used all the data we had from sales, marketing, you know, a- any data we had, we used deep learning to um, predict sales and, you know, create different, basically creating the business model. And then we took the outcome of that, we put it in an Excel file and we showed it to our investors because that, that's what the format they like to see, <laughs> the Excel file for business model. And that's the same thing, you know, that's what we need to do. You know, any, any project, any initiative related to data and AI, we need to create a business case. And we need to know what is the business impact we are getting from this. The, there is no silver bullet answer here. There is not saying, no, we should go for this. You know, there is a lot of value in data. We, we should keep investing. Uh, what, what is the business impact we are getting from out of this collaboration, out of sharing data? And what is the investment that is required? And what is the business case here? Then it, it becomes, you know, treating this as a startup. Then it becomes much and much easier. And we don't have to realize the, the whole big setup at once. We can take this step by step and, you know, we can bring the supply and demand part gradually, you know, as we learn, you know, um, you, data mesh is still a new concept. It is a concept and it's still a new concept. So uh, as we work more, you know, with this concept, we learn also more, like how exactly we can realize this. And we need to take take this step by step. We need to take this with business mindsets. Exactly, you know, what is the upside here? And if, if that is the way of thinking, that is the approach, and it is completely doable. Yeah. I, well, and I think kind of what, what you were saying underlying a lot of that is that there aren't easy paths yet to really collaboratively sharing the data because people need to focus a little bit more on why would you do it first? Right. Like there needs to be a does this have a point? And then we can start to address like once people have figured out how to assess whether this will have value, then we can start to work on what is the investment and then we can start to lower the cost of that investment. But until we get to that, we need data people, especially much more often asking what is the value? Like, what does this align with what our business is trying to do versus there's value here, but so what? Like, it's not our main focus. It's going to be um, something that's going to really take us away. You know, like 
these utilities with their tree trimming schedule, they're not really going to be trying to all of a sudden sell that to, you know, um, uh, like stores that sell plants and trees or anything like that, or maybe they will, but probably not, right? That's not probably in their main focus or anything like that. So even though there's some value there, um, it's probably not worth what they'd have to do to do it. Exactly. So it's not, as you say, it's not black and white. It's not just about demand and supply. Um, but the good news is that there is opportunity for business there. You know, there is opportunity for a third player to come in, you know, that, you know, become specialized in data supply chain, you know, bringing the knowledge graph part into this. So there are definitely more actors that they can come here and to facilitate this and, you know, to also create new business models out of this. But uh, yeah, so it's always, you know, um, in in a marketplace, it's always we have this uh, um, chicken and egg problem. Who comes first in? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, well, I uh, I think this has been a a really awesome conversation. Um, Is there anything that we didn't cover that you think we should have or any way that you'd kind of want to think about wrapping up the episode? Um. I just wanted to say that um, this is a really good advancement. You know, all these things are happening. It's really good. And personally, I believe this is good because it is very much aligned by seeing organizations as living, breeding ecosystems. And, uh, you know, when, when, for example, when we, when we think of data mesh, uh, for for many years we tried, uh, and I've been one of those, you know, try to pitch, you know, common data platform, centralized data pl- platform, centralized governance, and that failed. And it, organizations are not that different from humans, you know, that like, you know, if something which is not aligned with us, it will be super difficult and it will be, we will fail, you know, as a person and same with organizations. So instead of, you know, creating a setup, a common platform or a common governance and trying to bring the organization to adopt this setup, which, which fails, maybe it's much better, you know, to consider that organizations is an ecosystem, is alive and design a setup, design a solution that fits this ecosystem. So, so, you know, thinking that way, I'm a very much big fan of data mesh. And I think that that is definitely the future. Data marketplaces are definitely the future. And um, yeah, so this is kind of like my personal point of view um, that uh, it would help if, you know, we, we design every solution, you know, every product or service by, by you know, seeing the kind of, organization as, a, as an ecosystem. Yeah, it all, it all interplays. It's, it's, it's just, yeah, exactly what you're saying. So I'm sure there are going to be a lot of folks that would love to follow up with you. Where's the best place to do that? And uh, what would you want them following up about? Uh, LinkedIn is the best place these days. <laughs> uh, sometimes uh, I'm on um, Clubhouse, but not very often, but uh, <laughs> LinkedIn is the best. And um, the, these topics we talked about, uh, I would be happy to follow up uh, and you know, to answer questions. But generally, you know, getting value from data and AI. My passion is about transformation. My first company was called Dharmic Data. So 
uh, Dharma and, you know, transforming with data and AI, that, that is something that I would love to talk about. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Morjgan, for your time today. And thank you as well, everyone out there for listening. Thank you for having me here. I'd again like to thank my guest today, Mojgan Tovakolifard, who's the data and AI lead for the Nordics at Accenture. You can find a link to her LinkedIn in the show notes as per usual. Thank you. Hopefully that interview episode was really useful for you. Please do consider getting in touch with guests from the show, from these episodes. Most have said they'd really love people to reach out to them. And please, as well, if you've got a minute, rate and review the podcast somewhere. It really is honestly super helpful for other people looking into kind of data podcasts to kind of get this in front of them. Data Mesh Radio is again provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It's produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. In April of 2023, I left Data Stacks, who were wonderful in getting the Data Mesh community stuff started. So give them a shout for streaming and real-time AI needs. But I left to start my own industry analyst kind of information as a service firm. Our offerings are affordable and you can do them on a one-off or a month-to-month basis. You know, read kind of Throw it on the credit card. Don't worry about like going through purchasing and things like that. The services include lots of practitioner roundtables, you know, one-on-one data mesh kind of planning or feedback sessions and tailored introductions to other data mesh practitioners that are focused around your topics of interest. You know, what, what are you actually running into challenges with? We also have some free programs around introductions and roundtables that people can kind of check out as well. Check the show notes or just go to datameshunderstanding.com for more info or helpful resources. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch as well. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Now let's hear that funky outro music. Mm-hmm.